0: This week, Reverend Wendy begins a short series based on the poet Rumi. Most people have read poems by Rumi, and many of us may not know about who Rumi was and the depth of his body of work. In this talk, Reverend Wendy not only introduces us to Rumi's work, but also helps us begin to experience who he was as a person. So, just who do you think you are? Just who do you think you are? Do you ever were you ever on the receiving end of that question with that tone of voice raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about Now take it in this way Just who do you think you are Who do you think you are Different feeling, right? Different feeling. Sometimes when when that question is asked, it's asked not to encourage us to bloom, but to kind of pull us down a peg or two to put us in our place. I want to talk to you this morning on this topic of who you really are. Because how you see yourself, how you identify yourself, makes all the difference in the world in the kind of life you say yes to and the kind of life you co-create for yourself. I have been inspired for a long time by the writings of Rumi. We had a woman come to the church for the very first time this morning. She was looking for a spiritual community, she told me, and she decided to come because she loves Rumi. And she thought, I want to come and hear this person talk about about Rumi. Rumi strikes a chord in many of us because Rumi was a mystic. Rumi lived in the 13th century. He was a Persian, Sunni, Muslim, poet, He was a scholar, a theologian, but most of all, a Sufi mystic. And if you know anything about Sufism, you know that it is the mystical arm, the deeper spiritual practice and understanding of Islam. It's the exploration into the truth of the divine and into the truth of the heart of wisdom and compassion. And in that, it's very similar to the mystical understanding and teaching of unity and also to the mystical teaching of Jesus the Christ that's not always found in the standard four gospels but is usually found in some of the other gospels like the gospel of Thomas and some of the Gnostic gospels. So who do you think you are? The way that we answer that question in part has to do with what we have identified with growing up. For some people, The basis of the answer to that question has to do with their race or their sex or where they were born or how they were raised or what happened to them. And those become the ways that they identify and the way that they see themselves in the world. But I would suggest that all of those are at best incomplete and perhaps even completely inaccurate that the way that we ought to look at answering that question who do you think you are we should look at it through spiritual eyes through the eyes of mysticism and I want us to take a look at it through the eyes of a Sufi mystic Rumi there are three general categories of quotes of his that I want to share with you and the first category are statements that he has made or written about knowing who and what you really are One of my favorites is this. You are not a drop in the ocean, you are the entire ocean in a drop. That's powerful. Can you grasp how powerful that is? I mean, it's really, you can hear the words, but really take them in for a moment. You're not a drop in the ocean. Do you ever feel kind of really tiny? You know, and if you ever look out at the big, massive, beautiful sky at night, And you think, my gosh, I'm this one person on this very small planet in this immense galaxy. It's very easy to feel very insignificant, right? To feel like we're just a little drop. But the truth of the matter in terms of our essence, what we really are, is we are not a drop in the ocean. We are the entire ocean in a drop. All that God is, all that spirit is, all that the divine is, we are that too. Not just some of us. Not just those that look like us or believe like us or vote like us. That one's included. (laughs) But all of us. My favorite unity minister, Eric Butterworth, said, God is in you as the ocean is in the wave. God is in you as the ocean is in the wave. You're not the entire ocean, but all that the ocean is, is you, is you. Rumi says, you were born with potential. You were born with goodness and trust. You were born with ideals and dreams. You were born with greatness. Can I have an amen to that? Amen. Can you own that for yourself? Yes. Can you? Oh, your amen was stronger than your yes. <laughs> you were born with potential. You were born with goodness and trust. You were born with ideals and dreams. You were born with greatness. Can you imagine for a moment what our world would be like if every single child grew up with that message. It would be different, wouldn't it? It would be different in a really, really, really big way. We wouldn't be trying to fit round pegs and square holes. We would be celebrating the richness, the uniqueness, the specialness, the beauty of each and every soul. And in that celebration, in that acknowledgement, in that way of holding and seeing each other, we would create a dramatically, fundamentally different world. We would create a world where peace exists on earth. We would create a world where heaven exists in physical form for every single one of us. Marianne Williamson said the same thing in these words, shorter part of a much longer quote. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that frightens us most. Why? Why is it the light that frightens us most? Why is it our light frightens us most? Excellent, got to live up to it. No more excuses, absolutely. As long as I discount the divine in me, the God in me, the good in me, the potential in me, the power in me, then I can live in the land of excusitis for as long as I want. I can make my problems, I can make you be the result of my problems. I can point my fingers outward and identify all the reasons I can't. And it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with you. But as soon as I get, no, the divine is within me. No, I was born with potential. I was born with greatness. I was born with goodness and ideals and dreams. Then the bar is pretty darn high for me to stretch into and live up to. He goes on to write, do you know what you are? You are a manuscript of a divine letter. You are a mirror reflecting a noble face. You are a volume in the divine book, a mirror to the power that created the universe. I don't know about you, but these are some pretty awesome words. This is a 13th century mystic telling us, really telling us, who we really are, what we really are. When we live from that, We live from our own seed of greatness. It does not make us boastful. It does not make us arrogant. It does not make us immune to our own growth and our own change, but it starts us at a powerful platform, a powerful starting point, a very important starting point. Second area that Rumi invites us into is this If this is so of who we are, the entire ocean in the drop, then how are we meant to live? How are we meant to live? Because we will live differently when we own this about ourselves and when we own this for each other. How will we live? He says this, Stop acting so small you are the universe in ecstatic motion. Stop acting so small. How many of you also grew up with, don't be too big for your britches? <laughs> right? Right? Children are to be seen and not. Oh boy, we, we lived in the same culture, many of us in, in this room, to put us in our place. But that's not the place that we belong in. That's not the place we belong in. Stop acting so small. You are the universe in ecstatic motion. Well, what does that look like when we stop playing so small? I think it looks like many things. I think it can look like we stop waiting to be asked to share our ideas, we share them. We stop waiting to voice our thoughts, our beliefs our truths, we start sharing them, not in a way that makes others wrong, but that we own our power, that we own our understanding, that we stop playing small, to follow up on another part of Mary Ann's quote, so that others don't feel threatened. When we stop playing small and we start playing to who we really are, we will help to lift everyone else with us. What's that expression? A, a rising tide brings all boats up. Something like that. Help me. You know the. A rising tide floats all boats. Is that what it is that I'm trying to say? You you know what I'm trying to say, right? Tell me yes or no or otherwise we're really going to get lost, okay. When we stop acting small, when we really step into our own grandeur, we're an inspiration to others to do the same. We do not help anybody else by shrinking back from who and what we have to give. Aren't you glad that when Mariah sang, she did not hold anything back. And because she didn't, she carried us with her into that journey, the idea of blooming. We didn't lose anything. We gained by her giving us everything that she had to give. By you giving what you have to give in your unique way of doing it, you will help inspire others. You may, to clean up my language here, annoy some people as well, but that's okay. That's okay. He says, you were born with wings. You are not meant for crawling, so don't. You have wings, learn to use them and fly. Learn to use them and fly. Stop crawling, stop groveling. You are not a miserable sinner, unworthy of thy good nature, or whatever the rest of that statement was. I'm not Catholic, I was a former Lutheran. But we all had the same guilt thrown on us and all the same kind of shame thrown on us as well. You were not born in original sin. You do know that, right? Yes. Tell me a really strong yes, please. Yes. You were born in original blessing. You were born right the first time. Now don't use that as an excuse to not do the growing that is yours to do. Unity Minister Sue Sicking used to say, the largest, greatest room in the universe is a room for personal improvement. (laughs) And I think she's right. But it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that we look at ourselves or anyone else as somehow fundamentally flawed. Because when we do, we do not help to elevate ourselves or the other, we just wind up holding each other back. Jesus said, know ye not that ye are gods. I think he meant it. I really think he meant that. He didn't say, know ye not that you are God. I think there's a difference there. I think there's a difference there. I think he was pointing us to the same thing Rumi's pointing us to. The inherent greatness within every single one of us. Third area of Rumi's mysticism and this idea of just who do you think you are is about where we look. He says, stop looking, out, stop looking outside yourself. He says it much better than that. He says, you wander from room to room hunting for the diamond necklace that is already around your neck. <laughs> it's like, where is it? I know I, I, I know there's some greatness for me. I, I know, but where is it? And we're looking and looking everywhere but where it is, which is inside, which is inside. And what do you think is the pathway to discovering that which is inside? Come on. I know you know what it is. You is. I'm not asking you if you do it every day. <laughs> Meditation is the pathway. Meditation is the pathway. We have got to honor. We have got to honor the practice of getting quiet and still and exploring the inner dimension of consciousness. If we do not do that, we will always be looking and grasping outside of ourselves. And that which we want is not going to be found there. It's going to be found in here. You wander from room to room looking and hunting for the diamond necklace that is already around your neck. He says it yet another way. This universe is not outside of you. Look inside yourself. Everything that you want, you are already that. Everything you want, you are already that. What does that mean? It means that you cannot look at another person. And see the the divine, the potential, the, the qualities that you admire in that person if you did not also have, at the very least, the seed of that inside yourself. So think about the people that you admire the most. And then think about the things that you admire most about them. Make a short list of that. What are those things? I bet you will find that while there may be several people that you genuinely admire, that as you start to identify what is it in them that you most admire, you're going to start to see some themes. And if you look more carefully at those themes, you will find, truly, that they are mystically pointing you back to yourself, to the very seed of those things within your soul that is actually asking to be expressed. That's why you're seeing them in the other. Because your soul is saying to you, on this journey, in this incarnation, your soul is saying to you, this is what you are to harvest. This is what you are to cultivate. So instead of looking and feeling less than when you see that in the other, look and say, hey, here's my homework. Here's what my soul is wanting to develop and, and, and deepen and expand inside of me. The universe is not outside of you. Look inside yourself. Everything that you want, you are already that. And he says again, Why are you so enchanted by this world when a mine of gold lies within you? If you really believe that, would you not go searching with all your mind and heart and soul? In a way, it's like the pearl of great price that Jesus talked about in one of his parables. He said, when the merchant finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells everything else to get that. When you look inside yourself, you will find that pearl of great price and you like to sell everything else isn't about the physical stuff. It's about shedding all the other self-doubt and beliefs and limiting thoughts and cultivating that pearl. So here's the follow-up homework assignment for you. So I gave you a homework assignment prior to the meditation. And that was to watch the movie The 13th and to watch the movie White Like Me. For your spiritual self, well, that's also for your spiritual self, quite honestly. But tied to this lesson, tied to this idea of who do you think you are, here are four possible homework assignments. Only pick one, but I'm giving you a buffet this morning. okay? One could be remembering who and what you really are, that you are God in expression. okay? Remembering who and what you really are. So that could be your homework assignment for the whole week. Whether you're in a meeting, whether you're having a difficult conversation with someone, whether you're driving on the freeway during rush hour traffic, the ultimate spiritual classroom test, remembering who and what you are and who and what everybody else is on that freeway. Or your homework is to love yourself more this week. How do you do that? You think of the way you think about, talk about, treat your bestest friend. And if you are not thinking about, talking about, treating yourself the way you would treat your bestest friend, then you're not loving yourself enough. Or challenging yourself more. Challenging yourself more. Or, this is the last one on the buffet table, trusting yourself more. Trusting yourself more. Namaste. Thanks for listening. Sunday services at 9 and 11 a.m. Inclusivity. It's worth the drive. Subscribe to our podcasts and download our free app for instant access to a wealth of spiritual teachings, services, and events.